Romans 8, verses 31 through 37 is the text that I want to, to share. Romans 8, verses 31 through 37. Before I read this, I, I want you to pay attention to the number of times the word us is used. The word us. Paul is talking directly to his readers, and we are part of that group. We're not part of the original readers of this letter to, uh, to the church of Rome, but he is directing these, these statements to us. But you can make it even more personal by uh, changing the word us and, and interjecting the word me. Meaning you, not just me. <laughs> me. Because it is spoken directly to you. And that makes it even more personal than the word us. But I want you to pay attention to how many times the word us is used by Paul as he is speaking to his readers. Let's begin in verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, or me, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then can condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite, and that no is the question, answer to the question, can anything separate? Or it, the question, does it mean he no longer loves us if we experience those things? It goes back to that question. It says, no, despite all these things, over Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask that you would anoint your word one more time. That it would come alive to us and it would speak into our situations this morning. It would be made relevant to us through the, the work of the Holy Spirit this morning. I ask you to anoint me your servant. 
and that the weaknesses of my flesh would not hinder the power and the authority of your word going forth to touch us, to encourage us, and to challenge us and to change us. That your word would come alive to us and we would realize the depths of your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The word us was used 13 times in those six or seven verses by Paul. 13 times he made it personal to you. In this letter, and more specifically in this part of his letter, Paul wants his readers meaning you, to understand just how much God loves you. And he describes it as these wonderful things. These wonderful things that was meant for you. Now, when we think about our relationship with the Lord, from our perspective, it's all about Him. Amen? Our salvation, His love, His provision, His majesty, the way He watches over us, it's all about Him. Our praise, our worship, our declaration is all for Him. Even when we make our petitions, it's all about Him and His ability to answer our prayers through His miraculous powers. It's all about Him. But as you read this passage of Paul's letter, from God's perspective, from Jesus, His Son's perspective, it's all about us. It's all about you. Everything He has done is for you to enrich your relationship with Him. And I want us to capture that that we never lose from our perspective that it's all about Him, but that we understand when we go through difficult times, when we go through trying times, when we are faced with decisions that, that are bigger than we are, that we just are not sure of what direction to go, it's all about Him. And then, it's from His perspective, it's all about us. He's willing to go to whatever length it takes to make sure we understand His will. He will go to whatever length it, He has to for us to understand when we bring our petitions to Him, He will go to whatever lengths it takes to take care of us. And His entire focus is on us. Our entire focus is on Him. Through our praise, our worship, before, by declaring His majesty and letting Him know, Lord, it's all about You. And then He turns it around and through His answer, He reveals to us, it's all about us. My concern is all about You. Yes, I feast on Your praise but my response is all about you. 
and making sure you understand and you know for sure without a question, without a doubt, you're walking in my will. And I'll go to any length it takes for you to be sure of that. To know without any doubt you're where I want you to be. You're doing what I want you to do. You're speaking what I want you to speak. And it goes for the rest of you because that says us. It's for you specifically. And sometimes that's hard for us to comprehend. The God of all the universe who has everything that He created at His disposal to pay attention to. But in His ability to do all things, to be sovereign over all things, you're not just another tree in the forest. You are the forest that He sees. And He says, I'm mindful of you. I'm not just mindful of your life as a whole, but I'm mindful of every detail of your life. Every decision you're faced with, I'm aware of it. Every choice that you're given in life, I'm aware of it. Everything you do. He goes even farther and he says, I have mapped out every step of your life even before you were born. I had already mapped out every step of your life. Good and bad. Good decisions, bad decisions. I've been aware of every one of them. And the times that you, within, the, within your own will for your life that I have given you, the times that you will make bad decisions, I've already mapped out your footsteps to get back within my will. He doesn't say that those times I've looked ahead in your life and I see every time you're going to make the wrong decision and get yourself outside of my will, I've mapped out your steps to exile. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say I've let you walk as far as you can walk and then I'll meet you at the dead end of that street. He said, I've already seen those decisions, and it's okay. Rest assured, it's okay. I'm walking with you, and I've already made it possible for you to get back on the right path. And I've made it possible for you to learn a few lessons on that little bit of jaunt. And I've taken advantage of it for you. That it's not just wasted steps, but I've worked it out for your good. Given you the opportunity to learn a few lessons in life that will not only help you then, it will help you in the future. 
That's the God you serve. That's the God that you keep your eyes on and you say, it's all about you, Lord. He's turning it around and he's saying, I know it's all about me, but from my end, it's all about you. That's good. So when you find yourself in a situation that is more than you can comprehend, more than you think you can work through, or you're faced with a decision and you're, you, you know what the, the decision has to be and it's not the one you really want to make, he's whispering in your ear, it's okay, I'm still in charge. And it's still all about you. And in the end, you're going to see how my hand was involved in it all. And you were in the safety of my hand. And the reason was, from my point of view, it was all about you. That's the God we serve. The God who could force us to do everything he wants says, I love you enough to give you your own will. But I love you enough to not let you go free in that will. Every step you take, my influence will be there to help you with the decisions. My protection will be there because there'll be storms. I could shield you from the storms, but I'd rather shield you in the storm. I would rather shelter you when you're in the storm. I would rather reveal my love to you through my shelter. That's not in my notes, folks. But I had to say that for some reason. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it was for me. Thirteen times, Paul says us. Paul says you. Let's look at those times. And I just got brief comments from each one because I want to cover every one because it's so incredible Everything that Paul covers. Everything that we could ever experience, Paul covers in these, first, these few verses. The first one, in the first sentence, Paul uses two. He says, if God is for us, who could ever be against us? In that one sentence, Paul covers everything. He brings out the big guns. He answers all our questions, all our doubts, all our fears with this one statement. If God is for you, who could possibly be against you and succeed? Now, it Understand this, this question does, or this statement doesn't say, if God is for us, then there's, a there's no possible person who will be against you. 
that you'll, you'll be living on easy street. He doesn't say that. But what he is saying is, if God is the one who is fighting for you, if it is God who is providing for you, if it is God who is guiding you, who could possibly be stronger than him and could get to you to de destroy your life? There is no enemy possible that could pull you out of God's hand. If God is the one who is fighting for you, there is nothing or no one who will succeed in its attempt to, do, to destroy you. Excuse me. There is no one that's possible for them to be stronger than God. The case closed. The case is closed. In fact, the case is closed even before the, the case is started with that one statement. Second one is, did not, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us. This shows thus the depth of God's love for us. That he was even willing to give up his own son in order for you to be reconciled to him. He wasn't willing to hold back anything for your redemption. Remember I said, from his perspective, it's all about you. If it wasn't all about you, he wouldn't have gave his son for you. He would have said, continue and use, and use the blood of animals. That's good enough. But because he knew it wasn't good enough, he said, I'm willing to let my son pay the price for you to be reconciled with me because you are that important to me. We all know how important the Son is to the Father, amen? It's so important that they are one in essence. And yet, you were valuable enough for God the Father to say, I am willing to sacrifice my Son in your place. The next time the enemy tells you that the, God has abandoned you in your situation, think about this. That you were of such value to the Father that he was willing to put Jesus, his Son, in your place. If you weren't valuable to him, he would never have made that decision. No matter where you are in life, no matter what you're facing, the Father says it's all about you. So much so, I sent my Son to redeem you. I know I could have had a relationship from a distance with you through the, the sacrifice of bulls and goats and lambs, but that wasn't good enough for me. I want you close enough to me that you can enter into the Holy of Holies, into my very presence, 
with a boldness to come. Not a fear. Not a hesitation. We still come with awe and reverence, but we can come into His very presence. Why? Because from His view, it's all about us. third one was, won't He also give us everything else? This is just a continuation of what the, the, the one before. That He gave up His Son, and if He gave up His Son, He will give up everything else for us to meet our needs. He owns it all, but He's willing to give it all up to meet your needs. He'll not hold back anything The fourth one was, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? This is a legal question. And Paul's going to answer it. There is no one who can accuse you and succeed in convicting you. The reason he answers with his next statement But it's because of the blood of His Son. He's saying the blood of His Son has made you innocent. And there is no one who can use your past to condemn you because it's all under the blood. But the fifth one is no one It's the answer to his question. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Catch how he words this. Says right standing with himself. It doesn't say he gives him, gives us the right to stand with him. It says he gives us right standing with him. It means he has given us the opportunity to stand next to him in innocence. Without guilt, we've been made to be right with Him. Our sins have been wiped clean. He has wiped away, He has cleaned the slate of our past, allowing us right standing with Him. Innocent. And then the next one is, who then will condemn us? If we've been made right With God, who can condemn us? Who can bring up anything against us that the blood of Jesus hasn't covered and made clean and whole? Again, this is a legal question. There is no one who can declare us guilty because God Himself has declared us innocent. And again, Paul answers that question with his next statement. No one, for Christ died for us. The reason no one can accuse us and no one can condemn us is because Jesus the Son Himself is the one who died for you. And Paul makes it personal. He says for us, but he makes it more personal because he says for me. For you to say, for me, it was Jesus who died for me. 
He didn't just die for the sins of the world. He died for me. And it's his blood that has cleansed me. And the eighth time is, was raised to life for me. Now, we know that he was raised to life for himself, to be brought back to life so he could go back to heaven, to have victory over the grave and death. But it was also done for us, for you, for me. He was brought back to life for your benefit. His resurrection didn't just put, play, enable him to be back at the right hand of the Father. His resurrection gives us eternal life. His resurrection gives us victory and power over our own death and our own grave. And he continues with nine, the ninth one. Sitting in the place of honor, speaking of Jesus, he is sitting in the place of honor, pleading for us, interceding for us. It's not just us representing ourselves, it's Jesus representing us. It's not just us uh, speaking and, and bringing our petitions to the Father, it is Jesus who is interceding for us. Number 10, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Paul is saying you can list everything out there, but nothing, none of those things will break the bond of love that the Father and the Son has for you. And one of the things that's listed is Satan himself. The principalities of darkness in the spiritual realm cannot separate you from the love of God. Sickness cannot separate you. Difficult times, hard times cannot separate you from the love of God. And the eleventh time, he gets down to where we're at. He says, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, are persecuted, hungry, destitute, in danger, or threatened with death. He says, when we experience those things, does it mean we're experiencing those things because He no longer loves us? Far be it from that. Jesus said, we're in this world and we're going to suffer the afflictions of this world. But when you do that, it doesn't mean that you've been abandoned by me or the Father. He doesn't say, or he says, it, 
when you experience those things, it's not because we've stopped loving you. When you're in the midst of those things, you will see our love even more clear. And Paul answers this question with a no. A resounding no. And then he follows it up with the last us statement. And he says, despite all of these things, despite those things being in your life, overwhelming victory is yours. Overwhelming victory is yours. Through Christ who loves us. This morning, is the enemy trying to convince you that the situation you're in is too great for you to handle? Is he trying to convince you that the things you're dealing with has caused the Lord to turn away from you? Is the enemy trying to fill your mind with seeds of defeat? If so, Paul reminds us overwhelming victory is yours. And if you're facing some things this morning and you just need to experience the love of Christ one more time, I'm going to invite you to find a place of prayer and cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need to feel your love one more time. I know you've not abandoned me. I know you're going to help me in this time. I just surrender to you one more time. I just want you to know, from my perspective, Lord, it's all about you. And then let him speak it back to you and say, yeah, but, but from my perspective, it's all about you. And then just receive that love. Will you find a place of prayer? And just remind him, Lord, no matter what I'm going through, it's still about you. It's all about you. And then let, let him love on you. 